It's Wednesday, girls. And guys. (laughs) For the girls and the guys. For the girls and the guys. We're back. It's the Novelty Podcast. I'm Sadie. And I'm Mar. And this is a show where we are reading books and spilling tea. This week, the book we are reading is the long-awaited memoir, The Woman and Me by Brittany freaking Spears. It's Brittany Spears! It's Brittany. And you guys, if you don't care about this, you should. Because it's a... Pop culture icon sensation. It's a cultural moment. I yes. feel like every single person alive knows Britney Spears. Yes. That might be an exaggeration, but I don't think I it don't is. I don't think so. Because even younger people now are like, you know, because like the fashion's coming back and people like are using her as inspiration. Yep. Which you honestly, guys, she probably loves that. And she's only 41 years old. She's 41. That is so incredibly young to yeah. have such a difficult past and also just like public presence like for everybody to know who she is yeah that's a that's a very young age yeah so here we are here we are baby talking about the woman in me by britney spears and we are excited to get into it um so this is a memoir if you did not know this it came out on october 24th of 2023 so this is fresh it's very fresh okay you guys have been waiting this actually asked us some a listener asked us to review this see i love who was it Jacqueline. Really? Yeah. I was waiting for you to say soul. All Shout the way out to from you, Flagstaff AZ, baby. Hey, Arizona. Yeah. So we listened. You spoke, we listened. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and we are excited. So there's this little excerpt that comes with the book and it says this. In June 2021, the whole world was listening as Britney Spears spoke in open court. The impact of sharing her voice, her truth, was undeniable, and it changed the course of her life and the lives of countless others. The woman in me reveals for the first time her incredible journey and the strength at the core of one of the greatest performers in pop music history. Written with remarkable candor and humor, Spears' groundbreaking (laughs) book illuminates the enduring power of music and love and the importance of a woman telling her own story on her own terms at last. Wow. Incredible. And crazy. Here's what I would like to ask you right out of the gate. Do you think she wrote this book or do you think this is controlled also by her family? Because that is a narrative mm. going around right now. I genuinely think that she wrote this own book because she she's come through so much. And I think that if this was controlled by her family, the things that were said about her family in this book would not have come out into the light. Agreed. And she put out this, she put out a little video on Instagram where she was just like, also, I have so much more respect for her videos on Instagram now. Like, let this woman live. Let her have her little dances to no music because she feels like it. I mean, I love that. I think after reading this, I get why she does that. It still is a little, a little kooky. You look kooky. Look kooky. Like, I, think, I think the knife throwing one was a little much for me. But again, yeah. I do understand after reading this book, I'm like, she, she is like lost her love of music and performing. So then she's finding it again. So whenever she has the urge to dance, she's just, gonna she's do just it. like, I'm just going to do it. And you know what? She's been giving us so much for so long. Girl, get back to yourself. If you want to dance, you dance, girl. And you know what? The world will watch. The world is watching. The world's watching. And some people love it. They're like, giving it, Brittany. It's it's giving free. You know, it's giving freedom. Free Brittany! Free Brittany. Honestly, I think that was a really fun part of this book is like how when she started hearing about people with the Free Brittany movement, yes. that that was such a moment for her of feeling like, oh my gosh, people understand me. People see people starting to get what's going on and she would have the courage to speak up. Yeah. 
It's, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're going to take it all the way back to before Britney Spears even knew that she would become Britney Spears. And so where did this book starts off talking to us about how she kind of grew up? So where where was she where was she living? So she was born in Mississippi and then went to school about 25 miles away in Louisiana. So that was kind of like her family dynamic when they were first when she was first born, they were not well off at all. Yeah. Um and so there was just kind of a lot of, it was very tumultuous in their household. So her dad was an alcoholic and her mom was just angry. Like a lot yeah. of the way she describes her mom was just very frustrated and angry about her life circumstances. And she also goes on to describe her grandparents and how yeah. one of, like her grandma was from Paris and how yes. and she met her grandpa and moved here. But then how, unfortunately, she was like, Expecting all the London lights, the Paris lights, yes. the city lights. She was excited for the big city and be, coming to the U.S. She thought it was going to be all New York, glamour, everything. And they just moved to this little town in Mississippi. And yeah. so it was kind of sad. Like, I feel like to me that set the tone of the book of like expecting just glamour and all the most mm-hmm. and then being let down. Yeah. It was like really kind of sad because then that was like the matriarchal tone that kind of trickled down to her family. So then like her mom, Brittany's mom was like just very angry at her life circumstances as well. Very angry at her husband for being alcoholic. And so there's just a lot of like, just like, I don't know, just something you would never want a child growing up in. Just a lot of yelling, a lot of um, not trusting her parents. It was just really sad right out of the the gate. Very sad. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who read this book can relate to possibly, you know, growing up poor or being poor now or just struggling because it's kind of hard to make it in America. Where is that American dream we were all fighting for? <laughs> it's getting expensive to Where have. To go? That I no longer want the white picket fence. I just want the house. Like, the fence can stay. I don't need it. I don't need the fence that bad. Mars, like, the rose bushes, those are gone, <laughs> those too. Are okay? gone too. I just I want just, the home. Although I do have rose bushes there at my you house. Go, there you go, ma'am. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Hi, what are you talking about? <laughs> It's not mine though. That's the that's the It doesn't matter. Amen. You're in it. True. Thank you. Anyways, not to be about me. <laughs> but you know, I think people could a lot of a lot of people can relate to that and relate to the fact that um she grew up in this place where her her dad was kind of like abusive sometimes, but also he was the kind of drunk where he would just leave. And not tell anybody where it was given Miss Christie. I was given Miss Agatha Christie. Miss Christie, if you know, you know. But that actually is one of the most terrifying things, I think, as a child to just not know if your parents coming back. Yeah. Like when you can sense that they're upset, something's going wrong, and they just leave. Yeah. That is a terrifying feeling. I do feel like that also trickled into her relationships as she gets older and meets men of like just not knowing what a healthy relationship or dynamic looks like because she never saw one model for her. Yeah. She never knew what that looked like. And she uh, and she always loved singing. She always loved dancing. She ended up, which it's funny because I feel like a lot of young stars find themselves first entering pageants, the women. They're entering pageants, you know, and she's doing a good job. She's winning things. And so I think, um, which maybe selfishly, she never really mentions that she really loved the pageants herself, but it seems like her parents put her in that because they saw maybe dollar signs there that she'd be good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then she ends up going through the, the um, trying to audition for the Mickey Mouse Club with Christina Aguilera. That's where she met Christina Aguilera. Miss Christina Aguilera. There was also Justin Timberlake was there. Yep. And, and Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Yes. Yeah, there was a lot. Oh, um, uh, freaking not Rachel McAdams, her co-star male in The Notebook. Oh, uh, Ryan Gosling. Thank you. Yes. Ryan Gosling was there. So many famous young actors and actresses start out the Mickey Mouse yeah. Club. Yeah. 
And I was like, I guess that makes sense because like Disney is like that's huge, like, right? And I feel like a lot of people, even like when it make went to Disney Channel, all this stuff. Like if you're on there, you might as well think that you're going to be a celebrity for a very long time, right? And it sounded like too, it was like a really good. Uh, break into the industry as far as like just getting to know how, what was expected of you as far as like yeah. performances and practices and rehearsals and and so even from an early age she was so dedicated like she was a basketball player when she yes. was like in middle school and high school and she was just loved it and so she kind of took that energy to the Mickey Mouse Club and whenever she was doing performances or auditions she would like put her all out there and she loved it yeah and I just I think that's really cool because like she was loving it and then I think it's interesting to hear about the people that she met along the way, people that we all know and we have fallen in love with their music, right? And she talks about her relationship with Justin Timberlake. Oh, which you guys, it kind of honestly made me sad to learn about this relationship a little bit because I too. didn't know much about it. I, we To be honest, know. I didn't know they ever dated. <gasps> really? Yeah, I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got they did. They dated. I was like, aren't they? They're the same age? Oh, good point. I have, I, I'm going to fact check that real okay, quick, yeah. but I, I that, wasn't sure. Well, and I, that's the thing is like, I, it's just heartbreaking because I obviously don't know. I did not follow much of like their story at all. I was not like the era of Britney or age of Britney, but I, I just, it was just disappointing because it's like, obviously, you know, that young actors, actresses, young artists, young musicians, whatever they are, when they're hit with stardom so early on like mm. i think she was 16 yeah she's young she's when she young. first like broke out with her song like literally she like but what was the song that she literally like was her release song got completely star trek um she sold like 10 million copies she was basically the like, baby one more time yeah and baby, she was baby one more, one time. more time she was literally it was 16. released in 1998. Duh. Yeah, which is crazy. That was the year Hunter was I was, was born. two. You were two? I was two. I love that for you. Wow. And her debut album, um, studio album, with the same title, came out in 1999. So this girl is just working her butt off. And basically, she and Justin knew each other from Mickey Mouse Club. They were working and- their butts off, too, if you know what I mean. Okay. Sorry, that's true, though. (laughs) That is true. They basically just kind of rekindled. So they did Mickey Mouse Club, went their separate ways, started making their own way in the industry, found each other again, and were just like totally infatuated with each other. Just like totally in love, it seems like. They were just head over heels. um, And everyone could tell, like everyone around them could tell. And they eventually get pregnant. So at this point in Britney's career, she's obviously very young. And this is what kind of shocked me too about reading this book is that her virginity was like such a discussion in the news. So like up until this point, her team and PR team had done a lot to kind of indicate, oh, that she is like just this wholesome girl. She's very sweet. Even though she'd like done a couple albums where she wore like a crop top and it was like so risque and everyone was shocked. But her team had tried to do a really good job of being like, nope, this is a young girl that you can model like after like your parents can, you can like use as like, I don't know, put her up on a pedestal kind of thing. And so then they start dating. They actually get pregnant. And I don't know if this was public information before this book or not. It seems that it might have been, but I'm not sure because it seems like from the facts that were checked, a lot of it is coming from her book. Yeah. So it could have been pretty hush-hush because it happened in the late 1990s to the early 2000s when the pregnancy happened. And Justin, it says that Justin definitely was not 
happy about it. That's what was kind of sad. It's like, but here's the thing. You are super, super young. You're in your very, I think they were in their late teens. Then don't have sex. Early 20s. Amen. Got Amen. But I'm just saying I sometimes, know. I mean, they didn't plan that to happen, uh, but I uh, fully agree with you. If you don't yeah. want the options, you don't want the outcome, don't do it. Amen. I agree. If you're just like not ready to be a parent, <laughs> why are you having sex? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, don't. Anyway, so, but they, he, they didn't want to be, par- Justin did not want to be a dad. He yeah. was very, very adamant about that. He's like, I am not ready to be a dad. And I have a lot of empathy for someone in that situation being so young and regardless of what I think they should have done, it's like, I, I understand where he's coming from of just looking mm-hmm. at his life, looking at his circumstances and being like, I am not ready to be a father. Yeah. Not ready responsibility wise. I'm not, he's, he didn't want to do it. And so there's a side of me that's like, wow, I, I get that. of just like kind of being like, I, if he's not going to care for that baby the way he should, then I'm like, wow, it's it's just really saddening to think that they were even put in that position. So he was very adamant. He did not want the baby. Yeah. She did. Yeah. She was like really, really did want to have the baby. She said it was up to her. She would have kept it. Um, but How was it not up to her? It's because she didn't want to raise a baby with someone that didn't want it. She wanted to do it alone. So they basically both, it came to the mutual decision of, okay, we're not going to raise this baby. Yeah. And so it's just really heartbreaking. Like her obviously description of going through the abortion, it was really, just really gruesome, honestly, because they had to stay out of the public eye, essentially, to have this happen. And so they didn't go to hospital, they didn't yeah. go to a, off, a doctor's office or anything. They had someone come there to her house. Um, it was just really, obviously, heartbreaking. Like, reading about that, I just... It really kind of changed my opinion of Justin in this way of, like, you can't judge this man now because this was his past. It's probably not who he is now, blah, 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 blah. Right? He's 42 now, by the way. So he's one year older than Brittany. Um, But I just genuinely think... I hate when people say, I'm not ready to be a dad. Because I'm like, if you, you're correct. If you're not ready and you're not responsible enough and you can know that, what makes you think that you are responsible enough to have sex? Because if you don't want to have kid, where was the protection? It's because where- people think of it as separate, which they I don't know where or why it's taught that way. That's to me, the I'm, only way you can yes. make babies. I mean, now you can do a thousand right. things, but, but you know. I agree where it's kind of like, I obviously they just were young and dumb yeah. and thought they were just living a life. And then literally life happened. Like, yeah. it's just like, that is what happens if you're going to have sex. Like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. So it's just really, really heartbreaking, saddening of her going through that experience, experience and then just writing about it. I just had so much empathy for both of them, honestly, but mostly her. I was yeah. like, I, she would have been a young mom. And what's crazy too is later on, she does go to have kids and she, they're the light of her life. There's, it's like the, her boys are what propels her to do so many things and eventually get out of her, like push to get out of the conservatorship. Yeah. Her, she's got, the youngest is Jaden James. And now, and then she also has her oldest Sean Preston Mm -hmm. are her kids. And so, you know, um, it, so I'm glad that she was still able to experience that because it's something that she wanted and she had them. With uh, who? Jason Alexander? Nope. Kevin Federline. Jason oh, it was Alexander. was her first husband, yeah, right? Her first husband was a wild one night marriage in, oh, in, in yes, Vegas, in baby. Vegas. Yeah. yeah. So this girl, she goes after Justin basically says he does not want the kid and they go through the abortion together. Um, he kind of starts putting some distance between them and then breaks up with her over text. Yeah. 
So he starts to make his own first single album, Justified, and he literally starts kind of putting more distance between them. She's like, she writes that she should have seen it coming. Yeah. She said, men cannot handle money and fame. Um, honestly. And she says it gets to the reds. Really? Also, because like, but she was bigger than him. Exactly. Why would you leave, leave someone who is bigger than you? But that's why, because it's ego. Kevin had ego. Mm-hmm. And he left his two boys. Oh, well, no, well, no, no. He tried oh. to take those two boys. Uh-huh. You know what? Well, I didn't hit him. <laughs> so essentially, Ke- <laughs> we're going to hurt Kevin. Sorry. Justin breaks up with her over text. And yes. then it's just, she, I think truly when she's writing this, it's like that is what started her kind of struggle with mental health and yes. depression and like shock syndrome almost. Mm. Honestly, she said that um, after he broke up with her, she went back to Louisiana and Kentwood and just like stayed at her house, didn't go out, yes. barely talked to her family and friends. And she said that's when most of the people in her life that were close to her were kind of like, something's really, really wrong with you. Yeah. Because she literally was like devastated. But she, imagine having your first heartbreak in front of the whole world. Oh. And everyone making, oh, yeah, and that's another thing. Justin made her to look out at the bad guy, even though Justin had cheated on her many times. Nobody knew about like this abortion. It feels like the theme in here is that a lot of people have been, she allowed people to walk all over her, which is sad. Well, and yeah, that's the thing is Justin, he makes Cry Me River, obviously, like iconic. I love that song. And now I'm so upset because basically he alluded to, he never. Outright expressed, but he alluded to the fact that Britney broke his heart. Yeah. That's why they weren't together. So then Cry Me a River, the public was super sympathetic of yeah. like, oh my gosh, he's just like struggling. Do you think that was a PA son? Oh, a hundred percent. Like, do you think it's something that he really had control over? Oh, interesting. I my thought is if he really was like in love with her, but eventually broke up with her and didn't want to have a kid with her, in my mind, if you were in love with someone enough, like Either he was so responsible, quote unquote responsible, that he was like, I don't, I'm not ready to be a parent. Mm -hmm. And he would have stayed with her if he still loved her. Or if he was so in love with her and he didn't care, I think they would have had the kid together. So in my mind, I'm like, I think he was like, I don't want to be a dad yet. And also this is getting too much for me. Like a little too serious. That's what I think. And so then I think they, he called it off. But I do wonder if like his team was just like, no, no, no. I think this will be really good for you. Because they didn't image. want... Because I think everyone kind of knew that Britney wouldn't tell business. Because it it was a lot of her business. And so a lot of the repercussions would have come back on her. And so, you know, it just blew my mind that in the book, it talks about after her and Justin Timberlake, you know, they break up and he starts kind of making the world think without saying it, that it was all her fault. People put... Have an interview, make in, put interviews with her, asking her, straight up asking her, like... Justin says that you're the one that broke his heart and the whole world wants to know, what did you do? What the? If someone did that to me, I I mean, props to Brittany because I think it takes a real genuine kind person to be like, I'm not going to stoop that low. Because for me, I would have been like, oh, you want to know what I did? I was too good for him because that man cheated on me. Any chance he got. That was pretty crazy. It was like seven times. Again, though, I just think, they're so young. No excuses. For Absolutely sure. zero excuses. That's why I think he didn't want to have the but baby. But there's context. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ain't no more hoes if you ah! got babies. Nobody wants a baby daddy. I, I think he was also just really young and dumb. Like, I'm, For sure. I'm really curious after this book has come out, like, what, if something's going to come out from his end now, as far as, like... Oh gosh, is, do you think so? I feel like he tea. might say something, not in a book, but I Maybe feel like... Maybe apologetic. Do I feel you like think he so? Might, well, I think, if anything, I really think... 
if it was exactly how she described it as far as like painting her in the public image that she broke up with him and broke his heart, that's something I think he should apologize for because she goes on to write about how she doesn't think that he understands how the repercussions of that were so affected, like so traumatic on her as like everywhere she went, she would get booed. Every place she walked into, people yeah. were like hating on her. It actually reminded me of the Beckham documentary. Did you mm, watch that? Yes. It was really, really good. But it reminded me of how when he uh, may or may not have kicked the other opponent. <laughs> Who did. knows? A little flick of the ankle bone, okay? <laughs> he did. And he got ejected from the game. And yes. I didn't know that in soccer, but you're, you then you can't replace it teammate so then they're down yeah, a player and yeah. that's basically everyone said they lost because of him yeah and so then the whole of england truly was like hating on beckham with such like vitriol that i've never ever ever seen yeah. before like i was genuinely shocked um and so it reminded me a little bit of that when britney was like everywhere she went she was getting booed on and hate on because yeah justin timberlake was the golden boy yeah and everyone's like how could you break up with him how could you do this to him and unfortunately it seems that like even in today's society with celebrities at least it does seem like men always just get the little slap on the wrist and women get hit hard they get hit so hard and so but anyways in that like that's where they kind of talk about that in the book of just the fact that they were supposed to have a baby didn't have a baby he was a cheater made her look bad she got all the repercussions but later you know she ends up having these two kids with kevin that we talked about and Kevin also, just another, you know what I think? I don't think she picked the best guys. And I think a lot of it, this happens. I see this happen a lot where women pick people who represent their fathers. Mm-hmm. Because that's the, the father really is supposed to show how a woman is supposed to be loved. And when the little girl sees how her father is loving her mother, sees how her father treats her, I think it really, everyone likes to make the joke daddy issues. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people really see the repercussions of that of how it makes you change and think about how something is supposed to be done. And so she's picking these men who, I don't know if they ever really loved her. Did Kevin really love her? So that's a good point because, so they met her and Kevin Federline is his name. And they met in 2004, basically at this club in Hollywood. And so he was like a former backup dancer. He wasn't like anything too exciting at the time. Um, And he just says that they met their eyes met, they yeah. saw each other in the club, and that was it. They were just, like, hooked on each other, like, enamored. And this is also after her little short stint with Jason, like, passionate marriage. Yeah. So that was, like, technically her first marriage. So this is her second marriage. Um, her first marriage only lasted 55 hours. Yeah. Which, honestly, I just... Which, okay, hold on. To her first marriage, she married Jason in Vegas, right? I thought that was only legal in Vegas. Her that marriage is only no, legal in Vegas. No, it no. is. Absolutely not. Because literally why would it be a marriage then? Why is there a Because it's like a big thing go get married in front of Elvis they and signed, all that and that's they like, a marriage license. Yeah, but it's like only in that in Nevada uh-uh. are you uh-uh. actually that's married. What, remember that's what Phoebe and friends learned that that is not the case and she was like, "Wait, that's real." And so she goes, "Well, I have a few phone calls to make then." Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> She's like, "I've got to go get a couple things uh, annulled." <laughs> I love Phoebe. Anyways, She's that so oh, good. never mind. I know. Okay, we don't want to talk about pushing. him. I know. But, it's heartbreaking. Um, so they yeah. met Kevin, Brittany, met, got married, and this is kind of the start of the next, I would say, just chapter of like excitement and then decline in her life, honestly. Sure. Because she at this point she had had 
every fame you can imagine. Like yeah. she was literally friends with Paris Hilton, um, Madonna. She was at the top of every awards. She was doing the Ellen show. She was just, she was the it girl, honestly. And she was the queen of pop. Isn't that what they called yeah, her? Yeah, they called queen her the of queen pop. of pop. And so then she meets Kevin and Kevin was kind of like, honestly, just in the shadows. He was just a backup dancer. He was not anything too special. And I think that was what was in, like attractive to her because she had everything she quote unquote needed. She didn't need someone famous. So she met and fell in love with him for love. Yeah. She was 26 years old when they got married. Um, And he said that they just hit it off right away. And after just three months of dating, the two tied the knot in September of 2004 during a surprise wedding ceremony in Studio City, California. And Federland was also 26 years old at the time. Oh, no, no, sorry. He was 26 years old and Spears was just 22. Wow. She was only 22 years old when she married him. That's her second husband. That's crazy. Yeah. That's just, again, I think this book just really goes to show how much life she lived and was hit with so young. Like at such a young age. I think about that too with other actors or musicians, like even Justin Bieber or like people that are just got famous so, so, so young and what that does to your psyche, your mind, like- I also think about Jeanette McCurdy and her book because we did her book. Yeah. Seriously, I can't imagine what that does. Because even like there's all these studies now coming out about like with your kids viewing like screens, social media, learning about likes, comments, people seeing them and then being like, what does that do with so many eyes on you? Like virtual eyes on you, but they're those translate to like people. Real people. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So I don't know. It's just really sad. So they basically get married and- Initially, everything's great, right? Yeah. Initially, they're just met for love, fell in love, and they have two babies yeah, together. Back to back. Back to back, baby. She found out she was pregnant with her second at three months it's with her crazy. first. Crazy. Which, honestly, I am past three months with Tess, and I could not mm, fathom ma'am. being pregnant again right now. No. <laughs> no, no. Be careful. I'm not even, like, supposed to get pregnant for... It's supposed to be, like, you a year and a half. You know it's crazy? Yeah, people are, like, they say you are supposed to do that, but you know how many people are pregnant oh, back I to know. back like that? Oh, it's crazy, you I'm know? sure, yes, but I do really want to like heal For all sure. the ways but it's like sure. i i just can't even fathom but the fact that you could i know it's crazy it's I absolutely know. crazy yeah so they get pregnant back to back and britney's actually really excited about it because she wants them to be friends yeah. she's so excited for the kids to be close together and then honestly kevin just starts he starts being a little musician boy he starts thinking yeah. he can do all the things so he goes to new york and he's trying to get famous and i was curious if you thought he was trying to get famous like off of being Britney's husband mm. or if he's like oh now that I know Britney then I'm getting introduced to more people in that realm and maybe I could finally make it I think he was trying to get out of a shadow and I think he was using the resources that came with having her as his wife because she said that he was wanting to make a name for himself and she was supportive of that but then she said the second he starts making a name for himself you know he just becomes somebody else and she doesn't see him anymore and it ends up that he leaves her and takes the boys. It's just so, so sad. So he is in New York and she flies out there and thinking, she at this point is thinking that their marriage is still going to be fine. Like yeah. she's like, maybe we're just distant or we're just kind of going through a rough patch. And she goes out there and literally she goes, there's this one event where he's like recording or doing, um, um he's like filming a music video or something. And she goes to the house, which is like, their co-owned space, yeah. right? Because she's like a multi-billionaire. Yep. And she goes up there and 
they said, oh, sorry, he doesn't want to see you. And she looks through the window and there's like a party going on. And it's like, there's like people that the set had basically been turned into like a club. And so everyone's like hanging out and dancing, drinking, like having a good time. And he's in there and he doesn't want to come out and see her. And she still is like hoping that their marriage is going to make it. And so she flies back to LA at the time and they're just like doing this weird dance. And he just, this is what's really frustrating is like, he knows how much she loves her boys, yeah. like how much she loves him. And so he starts to weaponize that. Yeah. And he starts to withhold visitation. Like, and this is at the same time too, where she's starting to just get really fried from yeah. all of her performances, world tours. Like she is doing absolutely the most sure. in terms of like traveling and just performing all the time. So then when she does get a chance to go out or drink or do something, so much of the paparazzi obviously is all over her. And so they're taking pictures and just showing her to be like an unstable human. Yeah. And she's like, I was literally like 22, 23, 24. Like I was going to drink like a normal girl, yeah. quote unquote normal. She's like, I was going to go out and just have fun. That would any other girl my age, college mm-hmm. age girl could do that. For sure. But I'm getting like thrown around as basically this like insane person. So then Kevin starts to monopolize that and realizes like, okay, if I withhold the boys, then I can maybe get her to do what I want. Yeah. And it's just so sad. It's just, I don't understand that of like, just, if, just let the other parent, you're hurting the boys more than you are her. Like she, like the boys, they might not understand what's going on, but they are wondering where is my mother you know, and, you know, the boys being older now are going to read this book and jokes on you, Kevin. They're going to be looking at you as the problem. Yeah. They're not going to be like, wow, my mother wasn't there. They're going to understand that you held them from her. Yeah. And so I, I hate when I see, you know, if you got a co-parent, you better figure out how to do it in a yeah. healthy way. Because yeah. at the end of the day, those babies are the most important thing in that relationship. And so it just broke my heart. That's where, you know, you kind of start to see quotes unquote her decline in a way right he won't give her her boys and so she kind of she and in fair defense i I would be grieving too she says she shaved her head and i remember this she shaved her head out of grief of losing her boys and she wrote in the book that it was basically a big f you to the world because everyone's calling her ugly everyone's against her and she goes f you if i'm not gonna be beautiful for you i'm not gonna do any of this stuff for you i don't have to be any of this stuff for you i'm a grieving woman and just, I remember seeing these in the magazines, people talking about, and like, she's lost her dang mind. She yeah. shaved her head. I was like, when did shaving your head mean that you lost your dang mind? They did the same thing with Miley Cyrus. Yeah. And her whole, like, everything she's doing right now, showing, like, all the videos she's, like, walking back yes. to her life and how, like, Dolly Parton, like, helped her basically keep her sanity through it and, like, come yes. through that. And I love her song where she was, like, some would say that I was, like, young and crazy. Yes. I would just say I'm young. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's so good because, yes, of course, there's probably going to be so many things that people would regret doing in their early 20s, and they're going to regret them. It's, yeah. like, that doesn't make them horrible humans. Exactly. Like, that makes them people that are learning and living. But I do think the whole point, like, with Kevin, there was just, I remember, too, there was something he would, like, say, okay, let's like have lunch, let's talk, we'll have a meeting, and then maybe you can see the boys. And so she'd come and talk, and then he'd be like, oh, never mind, you can't see the boys. And so they were going back and forth and back and forth like that. And then that's, yeah, when she shaved her head, where he basically was like, there was this time where she had a moment with them. So he was basically, they were going through a custody battle and trying to also separate, get a divorce. And 
she basically was like holding her boys and they she had to give them back over to Kevin because they were like agreeing as far as mm-hmm. like at that time it was like, okay, you can stay this much and you can stay this yeah. much. And so she was giving them back and then she just had this moment. She's like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm ever to see them again because yeah. it was escalating so much and he was being so manipulative. So she just like locked herself in this bathroom and was like holding her boy and like hugging him. A SWAT team like breaks down the door uh. to come and get them. And I was literally like, how scary and traumatic is that? And also, yeah, you are going to start feeling crazy yeah. when you're like, I just wanted to hug my boy. I don't know when I'm going to see him again. Yeah. It feels like this feels scary. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And so then, yeah, she literally goes and shaves her head. Yeah. And she just, you know, she just kind of has a breakdown after that. And I just think it broke my heart reading this um, where she is now in a more sane of a mindset and, you know, mental state of just how clear she is when she's writing this book. You can clearly tell that she was very hyper aware of everything that was going on and the world in her father, James Spears, really tried to make people think that she had no idea what was going on, that she was drugged out the most of the time. Dude, that- you know what freaked me out? What? Is when um, the conservatorship started and he basically like moved into her house and like pushed that whole counter aside and put all of his laptop and computer and stuff and he literally was like, I'm Britney now. Yeah, I just I was like, like What? To say I'm Brittany now, so scary. And even that little detail of like, she had this like bowl of receipts like on her yes, counter. Yeah. And she was like, I know, which I was low key like, you're doing it for tax purposes. Like you're a multi-billionaire. Like I yeah. feel like someone's doing your taxes for you. But I she think was, she probably just wanted to feel normal. Yeah, but she literally had this bowl of receipts where yeah. she would basically keep track of all of her expenses at the end of the week and then would like report them. And well, she, probably because she only, by the way, she only got $2,000, which I that's, mean only. That's after the conservatorship started. Oh, that's after? But yes. Okay, gotcha. But, so, but up until that point, she was like still keeping track of all of her expenses, yeah. anything she bought or did. And James like, pushes all that aside and it's like, nope, I'm here now. And so then, yeah, the conservatorship starts because essentially she shaves her head. Kevin's reporting, oh, she's a crazy mother. Uh, And so then her dad steps in and is like, okay, we're going to start a conservatorship. And it's off the back of a rehab, right? Yes. And I just think, I just think how horrible of a father she has. And the fact that she even talks about how horrible this man is. He was horrible from the beginning. And I just want to know where, you know, she she realized when this conservative happens that she's like, she looks around and she sees her mom and her father back in control. And she goes, I remember the nights where I'm screaming at my mother to shut up because she's yelling at a drunk who can't even hear her. And she's sitting now standing there within this conservative of being like, how did they get back in control? And that's something that I generally, like, she was so young. She couldn't have known. They were her parents, you know? But it's like, I think at that point might have been one of the biggest moments, if that was me in my life, of like, holy crap, like, I should have been paying more attention. Or I should like, how did this happen? But also, I think it doesn't help that, you know, but how does that happen? Right. She's literally 20 some years old. Right. How did they were, how were they able to go in there with a legal contract of saying, I'm going to take over. I am Britney Spears. How did that happen? Well, I, and that's what I think is so interesting because even there was um, a guy that she was seeing, he was like a photographer um, in LA. People were thought he was using her, but she really loved him. And there was this um, moment where they were in a car together and she was driving and she just like was having so much fun they were like flying down the pacific highway and she literally just decided to like 
do a 360 mm-hmm. on the edge of this like cliff there. And she like does it and feels so crazy and so wild. And she uses that moment as like a, a moment of like, that's the kind of stuff that they use against her where they yeah. start saying, no, you're crazy. Like someone that would do that is crazy. No, you shouldn't be seeing this guy. He's crazy. And mm-hmm. so then they, she is taking like at the time these like energy. Yeah. So over the, it was over the counter energy medicine. They were saying it was basically like a pre-workout. Yeah. And he thought that she was, when he found out about it, because James, he, her dad. James, okay. when her dad found out about this, and she was doing it because she's tired. She's a pop star, 24-7. No one's giving her break. And it was over the counter. It wasn't a prescribed thing. She wasn't abusing it. She took it like once a day or whatever. He found out about it and he did not like this. And James um, put her into rehabs and yeah. calling her an addict. Yeah. And so then obviously, of course, the paparazzi gets a hold of that. And so then this narrative just takes off that she's lost her mind. She's crazy. So the conservatorship happens and I think what's also interesting about it is it truly controls absolutely everything it's where it's her driving it's where she goes it's what she spends her money on it's what she wears it's absolutely everything and her dad takes it so far as to being like this is what you can and cannot eat like yes she said she only ate chicken and canned vegetables for two whole years two whole years you, and he said like, you have to go to bed at nine. And where did he get like, that from? Obviously, that was not from a nutritionist because that's not very nutritious. No. And it said that it literally made her gain weight when he was trying to make her lose weight. Yeah. Like, and it's just like emotionally abusive, like always saying like she was fat, needed to lose weight, like all these things. And she was just, always so small. Mm-hmm, and just like really horrible things. So she's just absolutely demoralized. And the reason that she states for not speaking up sooner, not telling people at the sooner is because she, they were using her boys against her. Yes. So they were like, if you keep doing what you're supposed to do, which is performing and doing whatever we want, then you can keep seeing your boys. If not, yeah. then we'll hold them from you. And so she's at this point where she's so low in her life anyway. And then yeah. the conservatorship happens. She's like, I can't, I, I don't want to lose my boys. Yeah. Like I'll do whatever. And so I think that's like a whole other aspect too that this book really kind of showcases really well is like the conservatorship lasted for 13 years. Yeah. In that time, she is performing. She's going on talk shows. She's doing um, Tours. cameos on, um, was it How I Met Your Mother or Friends? She did a cameo, cameo on How I Met Your Mother. She's doing world tours. She's doing shows. She's working, doing all these things. And yet somehow she's too crazy and unstable to run her own life. I know. But she is of right mind enough to be working like that. Yeah, and they wouldn't allow her to drink. They wouldn't allow her to like, which, you know, like, okay, drinking is probably not the best for you. But they, she was never drunk. No. She was never high. She was never, you know, and you're and sitting even there the, saying she the doesn't have a sound she, mind. Yeah, and the one time she said she was like, did go out drinking with Paris was before like they, um, her and Kevin were divorced. Yeah. She like would call her mom over to babysit and she'd literally say, mom, I'm going out with Paris. Yeah. We're going to go drink. We're going to go yeah. have fun. Can you watch the kids? Yeah. Which is like, if you're going out, what that is what you're supposed to yes. do is get yes. a responsible babysitter. Yes. And then even her mom would use that against her. Like she'd come back yeah. home and her mom would be screaming at her and be like, I can't believe you're drunk. I can't believe yeah. you were drinking. And she's like, I asked you to babysit so that yeah. I could go and like enjoy drinking, not have to worry about if I was going to be, you know, like that's the whole point is like, she did it in a responsible way. Yeah. And so it just is really, it's just truly so mind blowing that I get, it's like this was happening, 
But then no one in the public eye knew about it. And her family obviously were the ones doing it, putting her in this position. So they're not looking out for her. And then her close friends were just kind of like estranged from her. For sure, yeah. I don't know. And the fact that her her family had so much power at this point. By the way, power that she had given them because they had nothing, absolutely nothing. And it is because of all of her hard work because of her talent, because of everything that she did, that these people had food to eat, that they had clothes to wear, that they had money beyond belief, money that was hers and that they were taking from her. It just blows my mind that they had so much power to the point where she would even be asking other people for help. Like, oh, she had a hairdresser once who was like, honey, you got to slow it down. Like, this is not healthy. And the next day, the hairdresser was fired because her dad had heard about the hairdresser actually talking some sense into her. Mm-hmm. And so just throughout this book, you see this this narrative. We also see that her mom um also it's so Ugh. crazy to me that her mom, her mom endured a lot of crap from this man, from James, you know, and the, so for her to, I think was also kind of like, well, we have money now. Like, I don't really want to leave. I don't know how I, you know, if he has control over Brittany like this, he probably could have had control over her like that as well. And who even knows, you know, cause she kept silent then, but then she also, I think thinks poorly of Brittany or like, can she see the money she can make off of her? She made a literal, she wrote a literal memoir about how Brittany shaved her head. And it was all about how good Jamie Lynn was. And then like, oh, but by the way, here's Brittany. Here's what's going on with her. This is so sad. I can't believe this is happening to her. When she knew every single reason as to why things were happening the way they were. And so literally while Britney Spears is like going through the worst period in her life, she would see her mom on television, on yes. talk shows, and going around touring this book. And in the book, she, like you said, yeah. she's talking about her. She's talking about Brittany. Yeah. And just kind of airing out any laundry that wasn't really laundry or like making things seem a way that they, they weren't. They were very accurate. No. Yeah. And so I just think it's it's just really, really sad. And so then, like we said, the conservatorship lasted 13 years. And in COVID was when it all kind of started come to light. Seeing the free Britney. And which is just really, really cool. I mean, I think, I just think what was another thing that blew my mind is that for those 13 years, her lawyer, which was like a court state appointed lawyer, she basically didn't do anything to help her get out of it. Yeah. And. Because how much money was she making? Right. And Britney did not know that she could choose her own lawyer. Yeah. Her family didn't tell her. They knew, of course. Yes. No, she did not know yeah. she could have her own lawyer. And so then this whole time, she's just kind of doing what everyone's saying. And then even like her family, they just, they had so much control over her. Like they literally had bugged her house. That part blows my mind that her dad did that. Oh, he put a bug in her house. They tracked her phone calls. Like she couldn't to her boyfriend at the time they talked about her messages with her sons like everything yeah and one part that also blew my mind is like he was james her father was so controlling to the point where like they wanted to try for a baby um or her and her newest husband who unfortunately have news that from over the side here we have (laughs) (laughs) this just in this just in um that her and her ex-husband well yeah they broke up just like what like a few months ago they've been literally they got Filed for divorce in August of this year. So they were only married a year. Yeah. But... And his name was Sam. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they, you know, it, they were trying to have a kid and she had an IUD in, which an IUD is supposed to help you not get pregnant. It kind of 
blocks the wall from it's being. It's a blocker. Sh- it's a blocker. And to the point where James was like, no, you're not getting that taken out. Which, so yeah, oh, I'm like speechless. Basically, during this conservatorship too, when she was trying to date boys or date guys, mm-hmm. anybody, the they would run a background check on the guy and then her security team and her dad would sit down with whoever, mind you, this is before the first date. Yeah. They would sit down with that guy that was going to go out with her. They would talk and go through her sexual history. Oh. So like anybody she had sex with, if she had any sort of like sexual transmitted disease, anything, they were going through that before the first, it's just, just utterly humiliating. And then, yeah, they get to this point where they want to try and have a baby. And basically at the start of this conservatorship, they were having doctors all the time, all the time. And she was getting given medicine every night mm-hmm. and she was told to take it, didn't know what was in it. They were just like, take this medicine. And then when she wanted to go to a doctor yeah. to get the IUD removed, they were like, nope. You know what I think? Number one, I'm not sure. I don't think it was necessarily that he didn't want her to have another kid. I think it was because he didn't want an actual doctor to tell her this stuff that you are on, you should not oh, be 100%, 100%, on. Oh, 100%. Because they were need it. They were controlling who was seeing her and then also what medicine she was taking. You know how many, I bet there are so many doctors involved in this that sh- should lose their license because there are people who will give you, literally drug other people just because someone's willing to give you so much money in order to do it. And I think it just blows my mind that even some of the reasons why she might have acted out sometimes could have genuinely been because of the medication that she was on that she should not have been on. Yeah. And so, but we, you know, we see this throughout this book and then we, just like you said, we get to, it's 2020 and we start seeing people being like okay well Brittany's been a little MIA her fans are starting to get nervous you start seeing them out marching around in their pink shirts that say free Brittany the stuff on uh, her Instagram is getting a little interesting so people are starting to put clues together like maybe something's not right which like come on what a fan base because the part that really moves me is that at the end of this book she says that she truly owes everything to her fans because she was literally she was trapped she was trapped in a rehab they put her in a rehab and made her pay for it $60,000 a month also what kind of rehab is this where it's $60,000 a month a rehab that she didn't had she had no business being in and they said I'll put you in there maybe one to three months it depends on how good you are depends on how you know literally blackmail by the way spending her own money on this and she didn't need to be there and her fans are putting together the clues of like hold on we think Britney's being captive somewhere we need to free her and to the point where it literally got talked on the news to the point where the doctors of where she was being held at were seeing this and it really was a start of her not only finding confidence but her to actually be able to take action on her life and get out of this conservative is it conservative conservatorship conservatorship yeah Yeah. It, it just and how did they know? I don't know. And you know what? Some people complain about having crazy fans, okay? But these fans literally freed Britney. Yes, literally. I mean, I think they were putting together, like, just her Instagram, her pictures, yes. her everything. They were just kind of like, this is weird. She's kind of odd. I don't get and it. She was and- giving little clues, uh-huh. which to me was so smart. Because yep. at first I was like, oh, people are reading too much into this. Because, you know, I didn't know what was going on. But then you hear about this, and I'm like, holy crap. Okay, she was wanting help. Yeah. Yeah, and they would literally watch, like you said, when she was in rehab, like her doctors would see on the news them saying free Britney and like having a whole discussion about it. And Britney's sitting there watching this like, oh my gosh, I have a chance. I can get out of this. And so I think it just really kind of put fire on her butt of literally being like, I want my boys to have access to their mother. I want to be able to be the kind of mother I want to be for them. Like, I mean, there's so much in this, guys, that we, like so many details that we didn't cover, but that is like, 
really the gist of it of like, she gets to the end and is like, you know what? I, I want to be the kind of mom I want to be able to have my sons whenever yeah. I want. I want, I, I want out of this basically. Yes. She's like, I want to fight this. And she even talks about to Reese Witherspoon being like such an inspiration mm-hmm. for her. She's like, Reese is so nice, but she's so strong. Yeah. And so she's like, I want to channel that. And so she ends up speaking to a judge. It was mm-hmm. like on, it was recorded. So she knew when she was speaking about it, it was for the very first time that everyone who ever yeah. wanted to hear this could. And so she just talks about how, what's been going on. She talks yeah. about how, why is my dad who was an alcoholic and filed for bankruptcy yeah. and my mom who was like emotionally abusive, why are they in charge of me? Yeah. This is what's been going on. Like she just kind of goes off and yeah, yeah it just is a really, I don't know, as far as like, a reading experience. I did an audiobook. Yeah, we love audiobooks. My first one. Um, <laughs> it was read by, or yeah, read by Michelle Williams. It was yes. actually very, very good. Like yes. her voice. I was like, okay. Stunning. In the beginning, Brittany makes an entrance. She does read a little expert yes. of herself. Yes, she does. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was thankful she didn't read the whole book. <laughs> I would not have been able to keep up with it. Just because her voice is so gravelly from all the years of yeah, singing stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. She's been her voice really shows the yes. amount of years she put in. Yes. So what did she think overall of this book? She's free now. She's living her life in yeah. well, she was like the last, it was like of her trip to Hawaii and everything. And how yeah. at the time she was like married. Um, she got pregnant with her husband, yes, then Sam. husband. Yep. Um, and for she had a miscarriage that was like really just heartbreaking. Yeah. But they the book leaves on they're married. She's free. She's like, this is yeah. what wow, I have the rest of my life. She's 41 and she's like, I have I guess she was 40 when she finished the book, yeah. but she's like, I have the rest of my life now. So I think I just, I genuinely wasn't sure if I would like this book or not. I was not a very big Britney Spears fan. It just wasn't, not that I didn't like her. I just didn't care about what was really going on. I loved some of her songs. Um, and so just to have a really inside scoop of what was going on from her narrative, um, I just found it so interesting, but also I just felt incredibly sad of how I just feel like we need to do a better job. You know, we see celebrities and we put them on this pedestal. You know, we praise them. We worship them. We idolize them to the point where they no longer become human to us. Because unfortunately, in real life, say this was happening to me, there is no way that nobody would have been able to not figure out that there was something going on with me that was not good. You know, and so it's like the fact that nobody outside of her family could recognize her friends. Nobody was like, hmm, something just doesn't seem right. It's like, I just think that's how idolized she was that people genuinely like, they weren't even thinking about her feelings, didn't think about how she was doing. And so it's just like- They didn't care. They didn't care. And you know, celebrities are people. They're real people. They come from real places. She grew up poor in an abusive household. Like she's a real person. Mental health does not discriminate. It, it does not discriminate if you are wealthy or not. Yep. And your money does not bring you happiness. Can it bring you things? Yes, but it does not bring you happiness. Um, and so I just think the one thing that I really took away from this- um, is that what you do in the dark will come to light. Yeah. You know, that's what happened. Her dad and her family and everyone, they thought that they would get away with it. I'm sure if they they thought they probably would be doing this for the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. you know, but God tells us we're Christian believers here and the Lord tells us what happens in the dark will come to the light. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I, you know, so that's it what It also made me think too of just hoping that we can do, like we can take what, lessons that maybe we've learned from like paparazzi and all Mm. these things of how people are being portrayed and just do 
better now. So I was thinking yes. about Miley Cyrus. I was thinking about Madison Beer. I was thinking about like Olivia Rodriguez. Like these yes. girls that are like started out young and just get totally destroyed yes. through they public image. They get sexualized, mm-hmm. everything. And I was just thinking about like, I think our generation and Gen Z is much better about recognizing like yes. when you see one of those like magazines in the checkout line most likely that is not yes. true and that's you know not it's what, a lie yeah, yeah it's just kind of like i don't even know why they have those magazines yeah. anymore because it's like everybody knows that that's like not the real story but i think there was a time period where whatever was being produced in magazines and being put out in the tabloids and on the internet like that was taken as truth it was like oh this is what's happening yeah and so i think people can see through it now just with the age of social media but i do think that's something i really took away of just like yeah don't believe everything you see don't believe anything here and yeah just hopefully I'm just really curious as what she'll do with the next chunk of her life because she really is so young yeah um and I do think though I'm sure all the trauma all the horrible things that happened to her um will does does have an effect on her so it's like she might not be the most you know She's not 16-year-old Britney anymore. No. And so I just think it's it's going to be interesting. I'm very curious to see what this next chunk of her life looks like. And I really do want to see if something comes out about Justin. If he says something. I'm not in the hate Justin camp. I just think that he was yeah. young and stupid and sure. egotistical guy who let fame get to his head yep. and probably regrets a lot. Probably, but, um, yeah. Made some mistakes. Yeah. Like we yeah. all have. And I just, I mean, I don't know what their life, and I don't know what Bernie's life would look like if they yeah. had that baby and if they stayed together. I'm really yeah. curious. But um, yeah, overall, I think it was like, again, I'm not, I I wasn't like a Britney follower person. So I was more just curious about this as, as of like, oh, I, after the free Britney movement, movement, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very curious about what the book would be like. So yeah. I think it was a good reading experience. I mean, I enjoyed listening to it. Um, if you guys are Britney fans, I think 100% you should yes. read this, listen to it. I think it'll be interesting for you. I think it would be freeing for you as oh, a fan. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do think that they would just feel that sense of relief of like, oh my gosh, she's good. Mm-hmm. She's getting better, mm-hmm. you know? Because I mean, it has been a long road for Britney Spears. Yeah. And there's so much in there too that will be interesting for you. Like there's just little bits about like the snake in her iconic yes. music video and what happened there. And there, mm-hmm. there's lots of little bits of information, but overall that was kind of the gist of this book and yeah. this memoir. And I mean, I'm glad she wrote it. I think it's like really important, especially with the things about Justin that come out. It's like, I don't think people should be villainizing anybody. I don't think you should cancel sure. anybody, but I do think it's probably very, very helpful for people to have a fuller picture of what was going on Yeah, um, just in so many areas of her life. So yeah. She's getting that truth out there. She says she's already writing another one, so who knows? Maybe we'll do a part two in the future. Um, but yeah, that was Brittany. That was Brittany, baby. We hope you enjoyed, and we will see you guys next week for another episode of The Novelty Podcast. Bye. Bye.